0: Hi everyone, welcome to the panel show. We're coming to you live from the Comedy Bar in downtown Toronto. Each show we bring together two real journalists and two improvisers in character to talk about real world topics, issues, and events. Please welcome tonight's journalist, Canada Land founder, Jesse Brown. And joining him is a freelance journalist who has written for Vanity Fair, the Toronto Star, and Vice. Please welcome Sherilyn Johnson. And tonight's improvisers are appearing as you love her, you hate her, it's your insufferable Aunt Maureen.
1: (laughs) Hi. So happy to be here.
0: (laughs) And and joining Aunt Maureen is five year old wise ass Milo. I'm five. (laughs) Hey. Ah, uh, he is, all right. <laughs> Legally, you shouldn't be here, but that's okay. All right, I'm your host, Professor Pipe, and I'm the adjunct professor at the University of Toronto School of Middle Eastern Cuisine and Takeout. <laughs> okay, the panel show is brought to you by the Hebrew letter Gimel and the Roman numeral X. <laughs> a lot of Gimel fans out here. It's the best on a dreidel, well, you know it. All right, let's get to our first topic. What a difference an election makes Premier Doug Ford has been attacking the federal government ever since they implemented the carbon tax in Ontario. Here's a clip of Ford appearing at a car dealership in Etobicoke this past April.
2: You can be for a carbon tax or you can be for jobs, but you can't be for both.
0: During the recent federal election campaign, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau used Premier Ford as a punching bag on nearly a daily basis. Now here's a clip of Trudeau speaking at a rally in Thunder Bay in September.
2: On the campaign trail, Doug Ford loved to say that he was for the people, but we all know too well what happened once he got into office. He cut taxes for the rich and cut
3: services for everybody else.
0: Well, the two leaders recently met for the first time since the federal election, Here's a clip from their pre-meeting press conference. You'll hear a lot of camera shutters going off, but see if you can hear a change in tone between the two men.
4: What a pleasure to welcome Premier Ford to Ottawa, uh, opportunity for us to uh, sit down and talk together about uh, a lot of shared priorities, actually. It's fun to be here with the Prime Minister,
2: and and uh, I've always said, a lot of the people that voted for the Prime Minister, not all, but a lot of them voted for me, and, and uh, people expect us to work together. All right. After the
0: meeting, which Premier Ford called, quote-unquote, phenomenal, he was asked if the Prime Minister apologized to him for the things he said about Ford during the campaign. Here's Premier Ford's response, followed by a clip of his call for national unity.
2: You know something? Uh, the Prime Minister's uh, family's been in politics for years. Our family's been in politics for years. It's politics. Now we, we have to uh, do things that uh, people want. People expect us to work together. Folks, we, we have to send a message uh, around the world that, yes, we're, we're a big family. and we, we may have a few bumps in the road. We may disagree. But we have to give businesses out there certainty. Because if you don't give businesses certainty, they'll leave. They'll leave and they'll uh, invest in, in other areas. And we want them to stay here. And uh, we need, it's absolutely critical, we unite the country and we stick together.
0: All right, now both leaders are weaker than they were a year ago. Uh, Trudeau no longer has a majority government. And Ford's approval rating took a nosedive pretty much after he took office. So panel, how long do you think this new bromance will last, if it lasts at all? Aunt Maureen, why don't we start with you?
1: God, well, um, I mean, I find both those men to have very uh, sexual voices. So I uh, find it distracting, honestly, to even listen to it. you know what? I am into it. I think you got You got it. You got to deal with who your neighbor is. You know, and I and I think it's nice for them to get together. I think that ultimately maybe there will be a moment, a kiss or something that will crack it. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll create a bit of a void there. But I think that we should all want them to be together. You know, <laughs> isn't it cute? Can't you see Justin on his back or something? <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, so. Jesse Brown, what do you uh, have any thoughts on this?
2: Uh, I, I have thoughts I can express confidently, though I lack any particular knowledge or expertise.
0: That on the is okay.
2: Of uh, provincial-federal relations. That is all right. Um, yeah, I, 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 the, the falseness of both of those politicians comes through with just a few seconds of tape of, of either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I think we have kind of this idea that, uh, or at least we, we've accepted this notion that, that uh, Justin Trudeau is our answer to Trump. Um, and, and, of course, we elected Trudeau before Trump was was elected. And I look at it as us responding years later to Obama. This is sort of our lesser Canadian version of a progressive, transformative leader. Mm-hmm. And if you follow that logic, uh, Doug Ford should scare people. Um, because though his, his popularity is, is tanking here in Ontario, mm-hmm. just the... The rule of, like, three or four years later, we do what they do. Uh, so I think, you know, he's, he, he kept uh, low profile during the election, as he was instructed to, uh, Doug Ford, that is. And uh, trying to tamp down on the populist conservative uh, energy didn't work out too well for the federal conservatives. And there's yeah. really nowhere else for them to go but, but in that direction that's worked so well everywhere else in the world.
0: Charlene, uh, what do you think? About this new bromance.
5: Well, I mean, they're they're gonna get along with each other as long as it serves them to. Um, you know, it's again. You know, oh God, am I actually gonna say this? I agree with Doug Ford that it's politics. I feel really gross saying I agree with Doug. Well, no, because that's like probably the
0: first <laughs> honest thing Doug Ford has said since he's been yeah, premier. Yeah, quite,
5: quite possibly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's again. This is just what they do, and I don't, I don't care whether they're... I care what each of them does as individuals. I don't really care so much, um, you know, how friendly they are with each other, necessarily. It is all business. It is all politics. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really having a hard time shaking Aunt Maureen's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's fan fiction somewhere on the Internet, and I, I, uh, uh, this is going to make me Google things I no. shouldn't Google.
1: You don't need to Google if you've got a good imagination. <laughs> oh, dear
0: God. <laughs> Let's see what five-year-old Milo has to say about all this.
3: Um, I think the politics, um, if those two were villains, I think one of them would be Thanos. Um, without the infinity gauntlet, because that's too much power. And I think the other one would probably be Dr. Octopus, because Dr. Octopus has a lot of arms, um, and he's like got a big belly, and he's kind of stinky and gross, and he has a really funny bowl cut. Guess which one I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. My name's Milo, and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. You know, it's, it's interesting. Sherilyn, uh, uh, you said you agree with Doug Ford about uh, this is just politics.
5: I winced when you said that.
0: Like, no, but it, <laughs> but he, here's the thing. Here's the thing, you know, because I, I was going through this today and listening to the clips, and that statement kind of really caught me when he said, you know, my family and the prime minister's family has both been in politics a long time, and this is just politics. Well, if you look back at, at the two clips we played where Premier Ford is going on about you can have the carbon tax, you can have jobs, you can't have both. That's not true. But whereas Trudeau was saying, you know, when Ford came in, uh, he cut taxes for the rich and he cut services for everybody else. And that is true. I mean, recently I couldn't find the clip, unfortunately, but I saw Doug Ford. Uh, Doug Ford invited Albertans to move to Ontario. People who have lost their jobs in Alberta because we have too many jobs in Ontario. There's more jobs than people. So, obviously, the carbon tax is not an issue. Sherilyn, what are your thoughts?
5: Are you insinuating that conservatives lie?
0: <laughs> well, I don't think I have to insinuate it. They I think lie. It's right, they totally it's right. lie. Yeah. That's yeah. very yeah. simple.
5: They lie. Yeah. They can get. It. I mean, you know, again, look at south of the border. They mm. lie. They often get away with it. Um, why wouldn't they?
0: Jesse, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I think Milo raised a salient point earlier. LAUGHTER um, <laughs> the lack of the uh, infinity gauntlet um is of course the lack the loss of the majority government um which would be too much power
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um i th- i think we heard some other uh keen insights uh the the you know kind of brazen acceptance that this is all theatrics, that uh, the carbon tax, of course, is something that uh, the conservatives, that's a
0: conservative policy. It's a conservative policy, Stephen totally, Harper, it's 100% uh, you know, and then
2: yeah. Uh, Doug Ford and Jason Kenney uh, crusading against it didn't go so well, so now they're not talking about that so much, And but neither party really has any kind of a cogent response to the climate the crisis, climate so yeah. this is all just rhetoric and theatrics, And yeah, yeah. but uh, well said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And hey, Maureen, let's go to you for final thoughts on this topic. Right,
1: well, I mean, I haven't had a job
0: in years.
1: Um, and I don't know what that says. I mean, some, you know, I've been accused of lying, and, and I just think we all got to just, you know, you know, just give it all a chance a bit, you know? I think, I think everyone's being very negative here, right? And friendship is good, because if you, you ever see, you know, a duck and a dog being friends... Mm. On the internet. It's true. This is nice, and it is good for people, because it's a very dark time. It's a very dark time. So, no, I, I get it, but let's all have a smile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. <Okay>.
1: Thank you. <laughs> all right. This is why, is this a, po- it's a podcast? It is a podcast. Uh, wow. Yeah. I don't know how to get that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, Jane Fonda is probably most famous for two things, winning Oscars and protesting. In October, Fonda started what she calls Fire Drill Fridays. Since October 11th, the Frankie and Grace star has been leading protests at Capitol Hill. Here's a clip of her telling CNN's Christiane Amanpour about the moment she decided to take action.
4: It was Labor Day weekend, and I was reading Naomi Klein's new book called On Fire, The Burning Case for a Green New Deal. And I was hearing Greta Thunberg, the Swedish climate striker, And it really hit me how urgent this issue is and that I wasn't doing enough. You know, I drive an electric car, I recycle, I've gotten rid of plastics. But that's a good starting place. It's not a good finishing place. This is a collective crisis, requires collective action. And so I decided to use my celebrity to try to raise the sense of urgency. And I moved to Washington and I'm going to get arrested every Friday.
0: And she has, so far uh, Fonda has been arrested four times and she's spent one night in jail and apparently if she gets arrested again she'll spend a month in jail. So she hasn't been getting arrested the last couple of weeks. But other celebrities have been uh, and, and people have been joining her. So other celebrities who've joined her include Ted Danson, Sam Waterston and uh, Marge Heldenberger who, who were all arrested at different times. Uh, Fonda's also been joined by people who've avoided getting arrested and, that, and those include her Frankie and Grace TV daughters June Diane Raphael and Brooklyn Decker. Plus, Robert Kennedy Jr. has joined her, as has Diane Lane and philanthropist Abigail Disney, who's one of the Disney heirs. Uh, famous ice cream makers Ben and Jerry attended one week, and of course, they brought ice cream. And yesterday, which was Friday, at the protest, Fonda was joined by 11 year old young Sheldon star Ian Armitage and by June Diane Raphael's husband, comedian Paul Shear, who was arrested. Um, here is a clip of Fonda on the PBS NewsHour talking about getting arrested as an older activist
4: when you're older what have you got to lose you're not in the marketplace for some guy who's scared of a strong woman so you can rise to yourself and become who you are meant to be and you can be brave I mean, there are older people with gray hair out there every Friday that get arrested with me that are just so great. And some of them are nuns, and some of them are rabbis, and some of them are just people who've come from different parts of the United States. And they're old. And it's just beautiful.
0: Uh, Fonda added at the end that older women have always tended to be the bravest. Now, yesterday there was another climate march. The young people are organizing marches every, I believe the last Friday of every month. And not only that, but they are uh, suing their governments for climate crisis in action, and that's happening actually here in Ontario as well. So are senior citizens a natural ally in the young people's fight against climate change? After all, like Ms. Fonda says, what have they got to lose? I mean, Jesse, you were commenting that basically no one's got a legit plan in Canada. What are your thoughts about young people and old people maybe coming together and getting some movement on this?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I had the pleasure of, of meeting Jane Fonda when um, we both spoke uh, about a year and a half ago at a charity event. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a wonderful event. They do, they do great work. I don't recall what the charity was. <laughs> um, <laughs> but after I spoke, she, she, she asked me to come over to where she was sitting, and um, we, we had a brief conversation, and she said to me, if you ever have the opportunity to gratuitously mention that we briefly met.
0: <laughs>
2: you should take that opportunity.
0: <laughs> That's all. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, Aunt Maureen, what are your thoughts? Oh,
1: God. Look, Jesse, what did she smell like, and how thin <laughs> was her skin?
2: She looked great. Um, she, she, she was wonderful. And I don't know, to, to, like to actually answer your question, the... It's, 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 she's wonderful, that's a wonderful thing for her to do with the, her position. It's total horseshit, the idea that some intergenerational alliance is what's going to, you know, the, 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 that generation is absolutely on the hook for where we are right now. And I, I really believe that the vast majority, of, I mean, so much of the resources are tied up in that generation, and I believe that most of the people who could make a difference in their heart of hearts are thinking, I'm not going to be around for when the shit goes down, and it's not my problem. So I think that the, the change obviously has to come from younger people than that and younger people than us.
1: Yeah, I think it's nice for these older uh, rich white people to get to kind of play jail for a bit before the world ends. Um, no consequences, no harm done, just kind of, what does this feel like, you know? And, that, and that's fun, you know? I think that's, is that, cosplay is something that I've heard and that's, what I find this to be quite a charming story. <laughs> Myself, yes.
0: Yeah. Are any of you surprised that that more people aren't taking uh, part in these climate protests, particularly people, really the working class age? Sharon uh, what are your thoughts on any of this? Um,
5: am I surprised? Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I feel like this follows the. It's always the younger generation that's protesting and 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 being heard uh, or attempting to be heard. Right. Uh, I think it's it's great to see uh, older people participate, and, and yeah, they do have the privilege of being able to do that, and Jane Fonda can get arrested without it ruining her life. And um, But, at, you know, at the same time, I think there is a certain a certain demographic that tends to roll its eyes at young people protesting, because what do they know? They, you know, they haven't lived in the real world, they don't understand, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I, th- I think it's good to just get a little bit of a, a check from that generation. Um, I also really like that Jane Fonda's protests seem to have been a bit of a junket stop for celebrities. <laughs> like yeah. you do Colbert, you do Seth Meyers, and uh, you do Jane Fonda's, Jane Fonda's protests. Is, uh, yeah. Colbert Colbert, and uh, Seth Meyers uh, being two men that I have actually met and had conversations with, so I, I so take that. A
0: quick plug, uh, you, wrote, you wrote, yeah, there you go.
5: And, and quick
0: plug, you wrote a book about Colbert, did you? Yeah, I? no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Google it. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Milo, you're the youngest person here. Let's hear from you on this topic.
3: Um, I don't know any of the people that you mentioned except for um, young Sheldon and um, Greta and uh, Robbie Downers Jr. as Iron Man. And um, uh, You know, I feel that cosplay is integral to everybody's um, fantasies and what they want to be when they grow up or what they don't want to be, or sometimes you can just be yourself. So what I'm trying to say (laughs) is that when I protest, because I protest a couple times in my life, um, I kind of do it from afar. I just want to make note that I'm the only black person on this panel, and so when... I don't want to go to jail ever, but I do <laughs> I do want to make my expression um my expressions felt when I have thoughts. And my thought right now is white people are really fucking everything up. Mom, I'm sorry, I smell. <laughs>
0: <right>. Well said. <laughs> uh, let's turn now to Berlin, which during the Cold War was called the Capital of Spies. Yes. <laughs> The heads of Germany's foreign and domestic spy agencies recently opened the Center for Intelligence Service Training. Basically put, it's a new spy school located near the former Berlin Wall. Classes offered at the school include covert observation, law, interrogation, and IT. The facility can accommodate up to 700 students with more than 110 able to live on site. Some of the practical spy skills students will learn include how to fend off cyber attacks, stopping terror plots, and how to lose enemy agents who are tailing you. While the Cold War is over, Berlin still remains a hotspot for covert operations. Now, call me crazy, but isn't the number one rule of spy school not to talk about spy school? While much of the school was off limits to the press, doesn't it seem counterintuitive to have the press there at all? Gerilyn, what are your thoughts on that?
5: Uh, Well, yeah. Um, How legitimate is this spy school if they are inviting the press in and saying everything that they're about? It seems, um, yeah, speaking of cosplay this whole time, it does seem like, you know, a lot of kids (laughs) being like, oh, I'm going to, you know... (laughs) be a spy, you know, hey, get out of my basement, kid, you got to get a job. Oh, no, I'm going to go to spy school. Um, it seems like sort of maybe the Herzing College of spy schools.
0: You would think if you really want to be a spy, you'll find the spy school. That should be like a requirement yeah, to get into should, spy school. Yeah, right?
5: it shouldn't need yeah. the publicity. for them. No. Hey,
0: yeah. Maureen, what are your thoughts? Oh, God.
1: Yeah, I agree. It seems like a school for nerds. Um... <laughs> No, I don't know. I mean, but it is—it's a different world, you know, because of the internet and and this. Because if you you know, because you, it seems like you can just be open about being a spy if then you're kind of cloaked behind the internet in some way. It's not—it's less about espionage and poison and making love to someone you're going to kill. So uh, more about more about trolling, maybe. Oh, trolling. Ugh. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, but I—it's I, interesting because it's the whole you know incognito mode, mm. this kind of thing. <laughs> and that's kind of a spy when you click on that it's a little spy guy before you go look at you know things you shouldn't look at maybe so overall i'd say i'd like some help from these kids you know
0: okay. uh, milo what are your thoughts on the spy school? i play
1: lots of video games
3: how, what am I trying to say this is what I'm trying to say when I play my video games um it's it's like I'm training I'm already training so I can really be a spy right now and I can go to a war I can go to battle because I know how to use all the weapons and all and I know how to drive all the vehicles so cosplay Back to that is really just w- what we're talking about here. Because you know what? Black Widow, she's a spy. Uh, shout out to the Marvel University, MCU. Um, she's um, she's a spy, but everybody knows who she is. So, I mean, we don't know what school she went to. I mean, we kind of do because we watched the movie and they gave her the background of what school she went to. Do you know she was a ballet ballerina at first? It doesn't matter. So what I'm saying <laughs> is that... I think spy school is fantastic. I'm going to go to spy school, because I want to be a spy. And when, I am, um, when I'm a spy, I'm just going to be a superhero. And then um, I'm going to come up with a name. But whatever name I come up with, I'm going to put black in the front of it, because <laughs> that's, that's how it goes.
0: <laughs> you know, by I had a follow-up question to, to, to for, this, for this topic, which is, if you could go to spy school, which class or skill would you most want to learn? What, what do you think would be the most important thing, or what would you want to learn the most at spy school? Ooh. Um, I, uh, I,
3: mm, I probably want um, to learn to be more stealthy. Um, I'm kind of, um, I trip a lot. I fall a lot. <laughs> so I think yeah. if I could learn how to be more balanced, um, and when I put stuff in my backpack, it doesn't weigh me down. Because there's been a couple times at school where a couple of the bullies have pushed me, and I've just laid on my back for about 15 minutes. And, um, oh. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> But it's okay, because when I'm a spy, they don't see me coming. <laughs> right.
0: Jesse, what are your thoughts about a spy school inviting reporters? And also, if you could go to spy school, what would you want to learn?
2: I, I have thoughts on a lot of things I've heard. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. It's an alarming uh, a, a preoccupation with cosplay for a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they invite the press to this spy school? Because nobody's afraid of the press anymore. Mm. Um, why do they have uh, a surveillance school out in the open? Because it's out in the open that we're being surveyed. There is an acceptance that... Uh, a an acceptance that we're being watched and, and monitored and, and, and uh, every communication, uh, cameras everywhere. You know, we've accepted this. We've also simultaneously accepted that our ability to watch them through journalism, mm. our eyes on power has diminished beyond, uh, you know, anything in, in modern history. So uh, that's what I think about, you know, it, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs. No, it's, inter- it's interesting. It's very Have you terrible. ever seen
1: Black Mirror? <laughs> 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 that show's creepy. <laughs> that is what he's talking about a bit, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it is. Did, did you see the video game episode in the...
1: Well, they went and they did the video game and the did you know yes, I did. I saw it. I didn't understand a lick of it, but I thought I don't like this and I don't want to I don't want it to happen to me. I put tape all over the iPad. I can barely <laughs> use it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not just the camera part, the whole goddamn oh, that's thing. Good idea.
0: <laughs> I think yeah. I
1: really like that name Black Mirror.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> It'd be the ultimate stealth. Yeah, then it's yeah. like is it of me or is it just me?
1: You don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> that's awesome and marine any if you were to go to spy school anything particularly you'd want to learn Ooh,
1: God uh accents <laughs> um, <laughs> just how to do one <laughs> I find it you know sometimes when I have a little bit too much wine I try to do little characters and um and I can never do foreign ones mm, very well. It's trouble. Yeah. I just get a little little you know, yeah. British is how uh, oh, 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 you know <laughs> <laughs> So I'd love that and then
0: I could really just go anywhere. You kinda sounded like the Swedish chef there for a second.
1: Oh he's cute, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> With that tube guy. He's Beaker. Yes. Beaker, yeah. <laughs> kind
0: of rude. Kind of a rude puppet when you think about the shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, let's move on to our next topic. This week, former Conservative Party deputy leader and cabinet minister, Lisa Rait spoke at a conference on populism at the University of Toronto. Talking about the 2016 and 2017 Conservative Party leadership race, which she took part in, Ms. Rait said she was quote-unquote shocked by some of the radical ideas put forward by some of the other candidates. Rait also suggested that an unexpected surge of populism during the race transformed the party. One of the most controversial policy ideas to come out of that leadership race was Kelly Leach's proposed Canadian values screening for all new immigrants. While not adopted by the party, it may have led to Quebec's Bill 21, which bars any public employee from wearing religious symbols. Ms. Raitt said, and this is a quote, The point I make is that through these kind of innocuous races, you do have a morphing of your party, a a growth of your party, or a regress of your party when these kinds of ideas make their way out into the normal conversation. Ray continued, quote, our party is not the same as it was before the last leadership race. You can't undo what was said and done and heard, especially to the masses, end quote. Ms. Ray was also surprised to see Maxim Bernier's transformation after leaving the conservatives and starting his own people party and running on policies often described as anti-immigrant. She continued that she thought that Bernier was, quote unquote, progressive on immigration and thinks he was purposely testing out the quote-unquote populist playbook to see if it would work in Canada. Lisa Wright was a member of Stephen Harper's cabinet and that government initiated the war on science, started calling the government of Canada the Harper government, and of course brought in the barbaric cultural practices tip line. So I don't know if I'm really buying what she's saying. I mean isn't today's Conservative Party a logical progression to the right as laid out by the former Harper government? Uh, Milo, why don't we start with you? Let's get your thoughts on that.
3: Um, I heard a lot of talk about parties. I'm having a party next year when I turn six.
0: (laughs) What kind of party are you going to have? It's not going to be a conservative one. (laughs) (laughs) If we could afford the mics, we'd drop them, I think, off that. That's definitely a a bike drop. Uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on that?
2: I I think think Milo should be a conservative five-year-old. Um, <laughs> similar to what I was saying earlier, like I, I, I think that there's been this kind of idea in Canada for listen, conservatives exist. Yeah, uh, they exist, and it's 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 I think you know predictable that perhaps in downtown Toronto we talk about oh we hate conservatives and everybody expected to they exist, they're going to exist. Mm. And there's and there's different you know um, a, a spectrum of, of reason uh, and that, uh, on what they believe, uh, and there's been an, I think a desire in Canada, I mean, I don't know, probably before, but certainly when the National Post was started, that we could have a more suave and young and hip kind of conservatism mm-hmm. in Canada. And, and we could have an intellectual kind of libertarian and, and the, that fusty old liberal Canada was actually the boomers and that there is this kind of like sardonic satirical. It hasn't worked out. Uh, that, that kind of conservatism hasn't worked out. And I think Lisa Rate is actually... Uh, Admirable as 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 a uh, an elected leader and, and and a very smart person, I think she got great insights. Um, but as I was saying before, the the progressive minds within conservatism are losing, and uh, their political party they want to win. And um, well,
0: if, really, aren't they a party that's still split? I mean, when you look at what's happening, like if you look at the last election, we're really seeing it's the old Reform Party out west, and they are really beholden to the social conservatives and at least people just won't go for it. You know, they don't wanna, like, you're, you're hearing now, we're hearing now all these things about these uh, abortion groups want sheer removed, and that's obviously a big topic in Ontario, where, where most people are more, or, or sorry, more liberal.
2: Yeah, leaning, You know? a, a lot of people took from Maxime Bernier's loss the wrong lesson, which is that you can't peddle this sort of Trumpian shit in Canada. That's the yeah. wrong lesson, because um, Trump didn't run under some weird vanity party. No. Trump ran as a Republican, Yeah. Doug Ford ran with uh, the mainstream conservative candidate, right? So mm-hmm. if Maxim Bernie had won conservative leadership, which he very, very-
0: He was super, like less than a percentage away, wasn't Then he, yeah, he it was would so have close. been
2: much more effective than Andrew Scheer, who was mm-hmm. trying to do that big tent conservatism where everybody, we don't say anything too uh, objectionable to social conservatives, but we we dog whistle to them. He was trying to do that Stephen Harper thing where you bring everybody in together, which is kind of how you had to do it yeah. historically in Canada. Uh, I spend a lot of time, maybe too much time, uh, Getting the temperature of what Canadians are saying online, mm. where the sympathies are, there is a huge wellspring of anger, of anti-immigrant resentment, of uh, let's lynch Trudeau. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there is the idea that we could be somehow inured or, or you know, uh, like we're immune to what is happening just miles away from us, and and that you know constitutes like ninety-five percent of our media diet is very naive. If somebody is able c- can actually launch any kind of a cogent campaign to to plug into that kind of um, racism and hatred and xenophobia with a popular, like, you know, Sheer can't do it. He's not a charismatic figure. I, yeah. I don't know if Doug Ford can do it, but he, he's obviously playing from the Trump playbook. Um, you know, I wish Lisa Wright was right that this is a pernicious force that the conservatives have to go the other way But yeah. they're not gonna go towards the center. They're gonna go the other way and she, and and the knives are out for sheer well, and That's the thing. The, I think only right. one way for them to go I think
0: you're right as the party is now and I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the party splits again It's interesting about Doug Ford because I mean Ford I think is an anomaly if Patrick Brown had stayed party leader I mean he was a red Tory and he was totally for the carbon tax he though she with the carbon tax I think they would have won a bigger majority You know, I think who was ever, it could have been a shoe, would have been the leader of the conservative party and they would have won a majority. I think we give Ford too much credit. Like he somehow kind of just stole the party leadership. Uh, Aunt Maureen, I know you have a lot to say about this and cosplay, what are your thoughts? Yeah,
1: um, I wouldn't say I'm a cool person. (laughs) Um, But here are some things that I know are cool, okay? Queer eye for the straight guy, okay? That's cool. Next, that upset, beautiful Greta, I love her. She's very cool, okay? The other thing that's cool, my niece who had an abortion because she was busy with university. These are things that I know are very cool. And if the conservatives can't get behind these concepts, and I don't know what the hell they're going to do, and I am afraid of what Jesse's saying, that they're going to go to the freaks on the, on the, who are you know coming in and in from the fringes, stressing me out with their ideas. People are very angry. And if you keep ruling with fear in this way, well, the freaks are going to win. And I just wish instead they would course correct to some kind of cool-ass new you know branding. And maybe things could be a bit softer and muddier. Um, <laughs> but they won't be. And so I just, I don't vote.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right, Aunt Maureen is part of the problem. Everybody, she just does, does not vote. There you go. All right, Sherilyn, what are your thoughts on all this? Uh, yeah, it's a lot to unpack, but is. let's see oh, where we go. Boy,
5: is it! Um, yeah. I agree with Jesse. I uh, I think I agree with Aunt Maureen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, we're. Uh, you did You didn't say me. No, I agree with you as well.
0: Yay we've come so far away from your simple yeah. best statement ever <laughs> yeah, exactly. that it's not going to be a conservative party that it's easy to forget
5: um yeah. but yeah I think it's interesting that she said our party is not the same as it was before yeah and I don't know that that's true i I think a lot of people have you know the people that we're hearing from uh, that make it seem much more extreme uh, probably felt that way before and are just emboldened to say these things I don't know how many more people they'd be you know bringing with them or convincing mm-hmm. but um, I don't. I don't know if these sentiments are actually new. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, I agree with you because I. I. You know, full disclosure. I. I used to know Lisa Ray. Her husband was an understudy at the Second City oh, in my there's, previous there's career. There's that
5: name drop. Okay.
0: Yes. It's true.
5: Yours. It's true. The coolest
0: one of all. The coolest one of all.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, but her husband. Her
0: her husband. Her ex-husband. It's true. Her ex-husband was an understudy at the Second City, and I. I really liked her, and I don't. I didn't know her very well. But then I. Every time. You know, when she became a member of, of the government and, and all the things they did, I was just stunned. Because she said she was shocked. I mean, I was shocked. I thought I knew her, and, and she knew a lot of people in the arts. And that government particularly, they, during summer recess, just arbitrarily gutted the arts. And they said it was a, a, a philosophical thing. Right. You know, and, and uh, like, I agree with you. I, I think That's why I think, like, this, well, this surprise of where the party's going, I don't think yeah. it's a surprise at all, either. No. I agree with you. Let's move on from that to something a bit more fun. Let's do that. Okay, let's talk about the Grey Cup. Yeah. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers won the Grey Cup for the first time in 29 years, and for one local fan, that meant that he could finally wear a pair of pants for the first time since 2001. This is true. (laughs) Retired school teacher Chris Matthews has been wearing shorts since the Bombers lost in the Cup Final 18 years ago. In that time, he's only worn pants to funerals of families who weren't aware that he's wearing shorts until the (laughs) bombers bring back the cup. This is is all true. His wife, Darla, hasn't been too thrilled about his short wearing as the couple can't go out to a nice restaurant and people often stare at them in the winter. But overall, she's been very supportive and seems to have a good sense of humor about the situation. She was certainly thrilled when Shaw Communications reached out and offered tickets for the two of them to see the Grey Cup live. She said, and I quote, I can't believe we're going to the Grey Cup. This is just amazing. Now, here's a clip taken from the Canadian press with Matthews explaining how this all came to be about, followed by a clip from his wife, Darla, talking to the CBC.
2: Technically, it's not even a bet. Uh, We were uh, a week before the Grey Cup in 2001. Winnipeg had the best record in the the CFL. They were playing uh, 500 Calgary teams, so... I was still wearing shorts at the time, and somebody said, well, how long are you going to wear those? And I said, well, until the Bombers win the Grey Cup. I figured that was a a given. They were going out the next Sunday, and they were going to win. Well, I went out the next Sunday, and they lost, and they haven't won since, so I'm still waiting to put pants
4: back on. I don't care. Like, I'm beyond caring. Um, I think the neatest thing is all the attention he's gotten for it.
0: You really got to feel for his wife, don't you? I mean, it's have to. Now, uh, after Bombers won, while he was on the sideline, true to his word, Matthews put on his only pair of pants, which happened to be a pair of green camo parachute or MC hammer pants, whatever you want to call them. His wife, Darla, said that she personally doesn't care if he ever puts pants on again because compared to his hammer pants, quote-unquote, the shorts are better. <laughs> okay. Panel, what, if anything, would cause you to wear shorts for 18 years in Canada? And uh, if you were going to wear a pair of pants for the first time in 18 years, what kind of pants do you think you'd wear? Sherilyn, you've got the mic. And you're from Winnipeg. Let's hear from you on yeah, this story. Yeah, I, I
5: have a lot to say aside from <laughs> 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 the fact that this has been going for how many years? 18, 18 years.
0: 18 years. And um, it, wasn't easy. it wasn't even a bet. It was just something no. he kind of said he was going to do. He just and decided to. Decided to. Um,
5: and this, the, the ridiculous thing is it, this story only sort of came out this year when yeah. they were going to the gray cup. And for the how slow the news is in Winnipeg for this not to have been on the radar already on a Tuesday in the like leisure section like <laughs> 10 years ago. Like that tells you how normal shorts are. Like long like you know knee-length shorts like you see a lot of cargo shorts, basketball shorts year round in Winnipeg where it gets to be like minus 40. And I will point out Winnipeg is also yeah. the slurpy capital of North America. Mm. 7-Eleven sells more Slurpees per capita in Winnipeg than anywhere else, and it's so fucking frozen there.
0: <laughs> Milo, what are your thoughts on
3: well, um, shorts? Wait, what are the questions again?
0: Uh, what, if anything, would cause you to wear shorts for 18 years in Canada? Oh, yeah. Um, global warming? <laughs> <laughs> That's two mic drops. Two mic drops of one show. We're the youngest guests we've ever had, five-year-olds wise-ass Milo. You really are a wise-ass.
3: I am a wise-ass big time. Um, <laughs> I, I'm five, so I wear sweatpants and polo t-shirts all the time. Um, I don't know. If I was to wear pants, I don't wear pants when I'm in my house. Um, I don't own the house. My parents own the house. Um, I guess. I just live there and eat the food. But I mean... <laughs> I would never make such a ridiculous bet or say anything that's so ridiculous as that man Um, because it gets cold outside. And um, from a second-generation Jamaican, um, it's already cold in Canada, period. So um, Mm -hmm. he's dumb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's well put. And that kind of adds on to my follow-up question, which is, do you think this is something to be admired, or was wearing shorts for 18 years just foolish or stubborn? (laughs) Jesse, why don't we start with you?
2: I, I have no further thoughts on Winnipeg or football, so I'd like to use the remainder of my time to share thoughts on shorts. Sure. Yeah, it's relevant. Yeah. I, I took a hard uh, position in, in my early adulthood against shorts. Um Ooh. That uh, a grown man should not wear shorts. And I've I've.
0: Uh, now I just want to see your legs, Jesse. I'm I'm wondering what is wrong with Jesse's well, legs. Well,
2: like, I did myself a great disservice. <laughs> yeah. I need oh. to tell you, okay. because as everything else degraded through the years, mm-hmm. uh, f- f- from whatever it was, which, you yeah, um, from the sheer job of holding everything else up, it's the only part that has muscle tone, and I was <laughs> denying, <laughs> I was denying uh, myself the pleasure and everyone else,
4: right.
2: lo those many years. <laughs> so I, I applaud this gentleman, um, and, and I wear shorts at every opportunity
0: myself. Do you? Or you just said you hate shorts.
2: No, I right? said that I, I foolishly took a. Uh, oh, you fool! Okay. I foolishly took a stand against them for a very long time, and, and uh, Oh, but now you're back on the shorts. I'm back weapon. on shorts. The shorter the better. It's too hot in the summer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well said, and hey, Maureen. I'm sure you've got something to say about all this.
1: I don't appreciate the light tone we're all taking with this story. Um, that woman is a victim. If you listen to the tone of her voice when she said, "I don't care," she is screaming out for help. And I don't know what the Me Too movement has done for us if we can't find some sub-hashtag for this lady to get free of this piece of shit who is stressing her out for so long. So actually, I find this story to be the most disturbing one we've talked about yet. And that's all I have to say about that.
0: Okay, yeah. Thank you. Well said, anne All right. Okay, let's keep the show going. Um... Now, every month while I'm doing research for stories for this show, I come across a story that makes me think, I literally think in my mind, this is the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard. And then I find two or more other stories that I think are just as fucking crazy. So what we're going to do is we're going to use some of these stories for a new segment we're calling Real or Fake. And I'm going to read a headline, and then the panel, each of them is going to guess if the story is real or fake. Okay, you can play along at home and in the audience. Okay, so story headline number one. Three Indiana judges were suspended after a White Castle brawl that left two
5: of them wounded. Don't yell it
0: out. <laughs> oh, you can yell it That's fine. Sherilyn, do you think real or fake? Right.
5: Uh, well, I'm going to go with the audience on this. I think real. That's too specific to not be real. Okay, and Oh, Ooh, ooh,
1: uh, real.
5: <laughs> Milo? <laughs>
0: Milo?
3: Um, I've been to White Castle before. There's always fights there. Uh, real.
0: <laughs> Jesse? Uh, real. Real. It is 100% real. And the actual story is even crazier because two judges got shot. Um, Basically, this happened in May, and I believe it was in Indiana. These judges were in town for a conference. They got loaded. There were four of them. They tried to go to a strip joint at 3 a.m. They couldn't get in. They went to White Castle. One judge went inside, and the two remaining judges, sorry, three remaining judges, one of them who was a woman, the, the female judge flipped off two guys in a pickup truck who said something to them. The guys in the pickup truck got out of their truck, came over, started a fight, with the two male judges, it escalated and one of the guys shot the two other judges. They're okay, one of them has been, I think is going to jail, one of the judges for assault. I could be wrong with that, but but at the time I thought, this is the craziest fucking story I've ever heard about. You can Google it. All right, number two, okay. CNN recently aired a special titled, All the President's Lies. To counter the special, Sean Hannity hosted a special on Fox called, Trump. (laughs) God's gift to America, America's gift to the world. Real or fake? Jesse, let's start with you.
2: Um so CNN recently hired Daniel Dale who mm-hmm. d- who does Trump fact checks previously for the Toronto Star. Uh, that feels real to me.
3: Okay. Milo? Uh as much as um as much as I don't want to say this, I'm going to say that it's real. <laughs>
1: okay. I It hurts me inside to see that.
0: Okay. (laughs) Sherilyn. Real. And Maureen?
1: God, the thing is with the news these days, you Mm. can barely even satire it. No. Because it's just, it's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say it's real.
0: All right. It is actually fake. Oh, gosh. CNN did air a special titled uh, All the President's Lies. The rest I made up, but I agree, could be real. I mean, I don't watch Fox. For all we know, Sean Hannity's getting into production right now. Okay. And our third real or fake headline. British man spends 30,000 pounds fighting 100-pound speeding tickets. Okay. Aunt Maureen, real or fake? My goodness.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with real.
5: There's a lot of darkness over there for those people. <laughs> all right. Sherilyn. Yeah, that sounds like something a man would do. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah,
0: makes sense. That logic is good logic, Milo.
3: Um, this seems like there's a a lot of um a lot of weight involved in this one. Um, so I don't know. I'm gonna say fake or something. Okay. There's so much
2: weight.
0: <laughs> Jesse, I,
2: I feel like you're actually trying to like stump us in the construction of these, and now I want to I want to win now. <laughs>
0: Well, it's real or fake? What do you think? Fake. All right. Audience, what do you think? Yell it out. Real. 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 It is 100% real. Oh, fuck. Real. Yeah. Real. Yeah. And let me read you a little bit from the actual story, if I can. I'm not going to say his name. But the gentleman who's 71, he said a seriously flawed legal system meant fighting the fine had taken nearly three years and used up his son's inheritance money. 3 years cuz he just felt it was wrong and he kept fighting and there were setbacks and he had proof that he wasn't speeding good for him. but
1: <laughs> yeah. no we're all up here accusing people of not caring enough about things and this guy saw yeah. a flaw in the system and fought and fought and fought and we should be doing that with the goddamn climate if we're also worried about it
0: there you go it's a good point yeah it's your favorite marie good
1: for him i say sad for the sun <laughs> yeah,
0: it's true it's true Alrighty, righty, that's the end of the show everybody I'd like to thank our panelists freelance journalist Sherilyn Johnson from Canada Land, Jesse Brown. Tonight's improvisers were Kayla Lorette as your insufferable Aunt Maureen and Nigel Downer as five year old wise ass Milo. My name, my real name is David Shore. I'd like to thank our tech Anya and Luke and Gabe for recording the show. I'd also like to thank Comedy Bar. This is our last show actually at Comedy Bar because we're moving the show into an actual recording studio. I'd like to thank Gary and Jen, everyone here, and the staff because it's great to work with. Uh, the recording studio is big enough for audience because we want to do the show with an audience so there will be information on our website monkeytoast.com if you want to come, uh, there might be a show in December there will definitely be a show in January for more information about upcoming panel shows and other Monkey Toast shows go to our website monkeytoast.com thanks everybody, also uh, coming up uh, if you have Crave TV, kyle has got a new series called New Eden, when is it Uh January 1st it'll be out, all eight episodes all eight episodes, check that out on Crave it's going to be awesome, thanks so much for coming everybody Good night. Hey everyone this is panel show producer david shore aka professor pipe i want to thank you all for listening to the show and to tell you that our new website is up and running and you can find it at thepanelshow.com as well if you're in the gta uh, you can check out the website for upcoming dates if you want to come to a live panel show recording as well we have another show called monkey Toasty the improvised talk show that performs once a month at the Social Capital Theater, and you can check that out at monkeytoast.com. And there's clips uh, of that show and information there about both the shows, actually. So thank you for listening. Uh, the show is always a, a lot of fun to do. And if you have any suggestions for topics or any questions, you can email us at info at That's info at com. So thank you so much for enjoying the show. Please subscribe. And please, if you like the show, please tell your friends because uh, word of mouth is our best advertising. Thanks, everybody.